Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow men, hoping we can make We can make it better, and it's not it's not us, but it's uh, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and uh, it's that is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, and and He's the one who can make it better. Believe me, um, it's not us, um, and uh, and yet we uh, we show up, and we seek to be. Uh, to be responsible and do the things he wants us to do, but we know that it's his, it's his doing and his his power in us that makes it work. So uh, that's us. That's here at the catch, uh, and it's time for Blog Talk Radio and another special guest. And uh, we've got the greatest guest, I tell you, on this show. I am so excited. Um, and tonight, uh, actually. I'm I'm as new as you are uh to this guest because uh somehow he, I have I have missed missed him one is he's Canadian and uh I have heard his name and passed uh, I think a, a few times maybe passed a little bit about him but uh, just finding out about him uh in the last week or so has made me very excited to hear what he's going to say and uh, teach us about uh, in the next few minutes. So um, uh, our our guest is a songwriter, singer. He's an author. He has uh, uh, 400,000 copies of his music have been purchased out there. And um, uh, he's still uh, going a brand new project he'll talk about, I'm sure, on this program before we're done. Um, so this is going to be exciting. I want you to welcome to the catch uh, on Blog Talk Radio, Steve Bell. Steve, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now you are in. Uh, let me get it right. Are you in uh, Win- Winnipeg? Winnipeg, yeah. So Winnipeg is uh, dead center, like dead center of Canada. It's actually dead center of, of, of North America, actually. Um, so we're about uh, seven hours kind of north of Minneapolis, if that gives people a handle. Oh, okay. All right. And 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 what's it like? What's it like there right now? Weather-wise. You know, it's, it's, it was a nice. It's 29 degrees. I don't I, I don't know what that means in your in Fahrenheit. So it's probably mid 80s, I think. Wow. Yeah. Which is nice. is nice because it was it's already we've already had frost here. So it's it's um it's now every every warm day we get is a bit of a bonus. Right now. So this is, is this what they call the Indian summer time? Yeah, kind of, yeah, we're yeah. sort of into those. You, you get a you know a couple warm days, a couple cold days, and it goes on and on like yeah. this till middle of October before it starts yeah. to really get, yeah. you know steady. Yeah. 
And and what's Canada like? Are you guys all wearing masks over there? Can you eat outside uh, at at restaurants or what's the story? Yeah, I mean we can eat outside, but no, no, people are pretty. It's pretty odd not to see someone in a mask outside, like or in, sort of uh, inside a building. Um, yeah. We uh, restaurants are partially open as long as they're very, you know, there's lots of room. Um, of course, right. there's lots of outdoor places. Some churches are meeting. Um, most aren't. Um, we we in Manitoba like we it didn't hit us till about two weeks after it hit everybody else and so we were kind of more prepared I think and so we didn't get hit terribly hard, but people take it pretty seriously up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I I think we should. Um, well, well, I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's just kind of common sense. We know how these these bugs are spread, and we know this one is is more deadly than most, and and yeah. so it's it's um I mean. I think I think you folks hit two hundred thousand deaths as of today. That's not insignificant, you know. No, it's not. That's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's get going uh, uh, about you and your music. And I'm going to start off, Steve, with what I call a trick question: Are you a Christian artist? <laughs> I'm a Christian and I'm an artist, so I guess so. Um, I think the reason why I don't like the term is is that a secular humanist doesn't call it a secular humanist artist, right? Like, <laughs> I'd rather be known either as either as a good one or a bad one, you know, yeah. uh, and preferably as a good one. <laughs> that I, that that would be my yeah. preference. And um, although I have no, I, I have no qualms about people knowing about my Christianity. It's pretty evident uh, through my lyrics mm-hmm. where where the source mm-hmm. of that is coming from. But um, I feel zero um, um, compulsion to write Christian-specific songs. I, I feel 100% compulsion to write uh, what wants to come out, to be sort of obedient to, to the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happens that most of that is pretty Christian um, influence because that's where I spend a lot of my time, in scriptures and in prayer. So that tends to inform a lot of my songs. But yeah. I sing about my wife, I sing about my kids and grandkids, I sing about politics, I sing about environmental issues and stuff. Um, but for the most part, I spend most of my time and my thought thinking after God through scriptures and in prayer. And so it tends to be pretty evident in my lyric. Yeah. So how would you, uh, well, the, the the next question is is the one behind that, which is, I think, the answer to this one is probably obviously the same thing. Um, are are you writing Christian music? Um, um, well, again, yes. Um, yeah. But but again, it's 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 honestly not something I'm committed to. It, I never made that decision. Um, yeah. It's just that when my faith became sort of the dominant, um, took up the, the 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 larger space of my daily consciousness. It also took up the largest sort of space in the content of my writing. So I'm, I'm still only writing about what's important to me. It's just that my faith has become that important that it, that it dominates. Uh, Steve, are you conscious of trying to get a certain message out to people? A certain message? A certain message, yeah. No. Like No, no. Um, uh, no, um, for me, um, songwriting is like journaling. It's 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 opening up and 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 in a sense journaling poetically and through music. You know what what is working in my heart and my soul and my thoughts and my in my stresses and anxieties and my joys and my hopes and fears. And and it just so happens that I put melodies to my journals and then I sing them. <laughs> 
So yeah. I'm, I'm really not that conscious of the listener when I'm writing. It's more a record of my own journey um, through art. And I'm happy to share that for people that, that, that care to have an inside view of what's going on with me. That's great. Um, but, but, it, but it's certainly not that I've got, like, I don't, I don't write with an agenda for you in mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, have you felt pretty free? along the way to do that, to do whatever you, you feel like you're want to do or are called to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've been at this for a long time. I started, I mean, I played the bars for 10 years after high school and then I had a fairly significant experience of the presence of God in my room one night. And that's when my, you know, things shifted a fair bit, but I've remained an independent artist. There's no record label, um, there's no institution that pays my bills. Um, so there's nobody that I, I worry about. Like there's nobody that can cut me off <laughs> if I don't please somebody. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm free to write whatever I want. Of course, if I write something obnoxious and I alienate my fans, I might not pay bills. I mean, so there is that pressure. Um, but there is there, there certainly is no institution or organization or corporation that is sort of dictating what I can and can't do. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your music now, um, who buys your music? Uh, you have any idea who, who they are? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, hmm. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of people, like a lot of people in the, in the, um, the um, more like the, you know, Anglican, Catholic, Orthodox churches are are interested in my music because I do draw a lot from those sources. But I'd say the dominant would be um, evangelical Christians or post-evangelical Christians who are looking for a more contemplative expression of faith, mm. um, who are looking for uh, deeper um, ways of praying, uh, uh, deeper engagement with Scripture, uh, deeper engagement with um, the better of the Christian traditions that are some of the more deeper. So I think that's, you know, the more contemplative edge of people uh, tend to be attracted. So if you listen to my music, it's, it's folky, but it's pretty acoustic. It's, it's pretty meditative. Um, it, it's not, um, it, yeah. it's not, it's not very often agitating. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, what, yeah. What can you, can you call it? You probably can't call it any. Can you call it pop or can you call it folk? Can you call it? Oh, no, no, I don't know. I mean, you could. I mean, suppose you could just call it adult contemporary, but that's kind of a bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not pop, but it's certainly easy, fairly easy listening. Um, it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not folk, but it's certainly acoustic based. Like it's more acoustic than electric, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I I lean sometimes into like fully into bluegrass, you know. Um, uh, but for the most part, it's. I mean, singer-songwriter is probably the easiest. That probably gives the the most clearest. Yeah. You know, I'm the guy that 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 sits down with a with a guitar on a, on a on a stool and tells stories and sing songs and try to get off before people are bored. Right. That's my job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a is there a, a, a like a Christian secular music? dichotomy in Canada the way there is in in the US I mean yes and no I mean there's I mean we have Christian radio stations in in Canada but in the whole country there might be four I five maybe um I, oh. I yeah very very few 
and they're they're very much dictated by um, American culture, Nashville Christian um, um, music culture, and so they play. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's that, um, and then we have, of course, our, our our secular radio that wouldn't be too likely to play an overtly Christian um, song um, or any religious specific song. Um, then we have a national broadcasting um, um, radio station. It's like it's like England's UBC, but ours is called the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and it, and it broadcasts all across Canada. A lot of people listen to that, and they play me a fair bit, actually. Um, they're they're wow. quite open to playing Christian music and non-Christian music, and from every source and every ideology, um, their mandate is to represent Canadian culture, of which um, Christian artists. Um, play a part, and so they they they'll play us if the music is reasonable. Ah, that's great. So that's uh, what I mean. C- CBC um, uh, is more likely to play my music than the Christian radio is. Um, yeah. Well, there's a certain. That's very cool. This uh, this is going to sound critical, and maybe it is, but I, I'm not sour grapes. Nobody nobody owes me airplay. Um, but for a lot of Christian radio, there's. They're sort of quite enthralled with sort of the culture of music and the and the the scope right. of of lyric that comes out of the Nashville Christian scene. If, and so if it doesn't sound like that, they're right. weary of it and they won't play it. And and mine definitely doesn't sound like it comes from there. And so I, I don't get a lot of play. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you uh, you've had some experience. Uh, with the symphonic concerts and yeah. t- that's fascinating now tell us about that steve okay well i got about 10 years ago I, I got a phone call from the winnipeg symphony orchestra which is a major canadian orchestra it's a very famous and renowned um, secular um, symphony orchestra and they asked if i would do a concert with them and my inst- my first thought was well they must they must not want me to do a pops concert like you know how they bring in folks and they'll do you know Dan Fogelberg songs for the symphony or something and so I was I said I was honored and I you know that they would ask but I I do my own thing now and and um, and I wanted to stick to that they said no we we want you to do your music and so it's quiet for a minute on the floor I said have you heard my music (laughs) and they said yes I said it's pretty Christian and you know it's overtly so and I I don't you know I I, I'm not going to change that and they said no we'd like you to do your music Wow. And so we ended up doing a concert um, in Winnipeg. Um, we hired a, a brilliant arranger and put together some gorgeous scores and a full concert of mine. And it was the first symphony concert to sell out in seven years. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was crazy. And, um, and oh, they were... Wow. What do, you, what do you liken that to? Well, I just don't know. I mean, I, I I think often. I mean, obviously, it was a largely Christian organization, but I think so it's not an organization. Um, um, uh, audience. Audience, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. But I think often um, secular organizations they discount the Christian community. They don't realize how how large and how. Uh, um, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, nobody ever does anything for the for them. And when somebody does, they show up like crazy. I mean, think about um, what's his name's movie. Um, um, oh, oh, right. yeah, them. you know, like, yeah, yeah the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the Christians will support Christian things. And so yeah. it was a shock to the organization. And so then the next year they brought me in to do three concerts in a row and sold out all three. 
And then um, the following year, the word started getting around out around the country. And so since I've done about 30 symphony concerts across mostly Canada, but a little bit into the United States, I did one last Christmas in Fresno. Um, hmm. and, wow. and we had a great turnout there as well. So That is wonderful. Well, and the thing about symphonic music, though, too, is, is classical listeners are used to sacred texts in their music. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's not so odd for them, even if they're they're not coming from a place of faith. You know, they're familiar with Handel's Messiah. They're familiar with, you know, with a lot of sacred um, music in 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 symphonic um, things. So it it wasn't a stretch for them. And I'm and again, I'm not propagandic, and I I don't do altar calls or anything like that. I just sing my songs and tell my stories and go home. And so it didn't feel to them like it was a threat to anybody's um, uh, sort of metaphysical position um and and folks really i find folks um if you tell your story and and what you believe they're quite happy with it as long as you don't tell them what they should believe or what their story is um right. and so I, I'm, I'm not pushy that way and so people don't mind and they'll listen and they'll yeah. consider what i have to say and yeah. ponder it yeah. and yep yeah. yeah we were talking about that yesterday you you talked about um somebody on the uh cbc that uh, wanted wanted to play your music, and you questioned that. Do you remember that uh, conversation? Yeah. Well, uh, well, there was there, there was a couple of things. Well, there's two stories. One was CBC. I remember I was driving home, and um, on the drive home show, on the national drive home show, um, they were playing one of my songs. It was from Psalm 92, I think. It was an overt scripture song. And the next morning, um, I phoned the producer, and I and I introduced myself, and she said, oh, we played you yesterday. And I said, yes, thank you very much. And I said, I'm a little surprised because you're, you know, you're a pretty liberal um, uh, organization and typically not seen as being supportive of Christianity. And she said, oh, Steve, she says, we're not not supportive. She says, it's just that Christian people also often give us some substandard material, and then they're offended when we don't play it um, mm. and, and cry foul. She says... It's, we're not against um, Christian um, music or Christian art. She says we're just uh, we're against crap. That's exactly what she said. Um, and so that was funny. Um, and um, and then uh, another story I told you yesterday was about um, an atheist woman, kind of a high society lady in Winnipeg, um, but a, a known atheist, and she comes to my concerts all the time. And after one concert, she asked if we could ever meet for coffee. And I said, sure. And so we had a lovely coffee together. And at the end, I said, why do you come to my concerts? I know, you know, we don't share the same belief. And um, and it was really informative. She said, Steve, she says, when you sing and you tell your stories, they're your stories. And she says, they're unassailable. I don't doubt them. Like, if you say you had this experience or that experience, she says, I have no reason to doubt that you had that or at least think you had that. That's not threatening to me. She says, you tell your stories. I can think about them. I can go home. I can weigh them against my own. Um, as long as you tell your stories, I'll always come out and you sing your songs. She says, if you ever tell me my story, you'll never see me again. Huh. Wow. And that really struck me. And what she, what, what, what um, she, her, her, her sort of reason for coming to mind was because I stuck to what was true to me. And I didn't try to put that on her, but I just offered it as, as something to pick up or, or put down. And she felt there was dignity in that, and it was wow. worth her time. And so she still comes up to all my concerts. Now, I don't think she, I've convinced her, <laughs> um, but I know she's a very certain you know, person. And that yeah. I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like, you know, it certainly sounds like you're making an impression on her and, and, uh, and, and she's interested. She continues to be interested. Yeah. We, yeah. And, we, and, and if you hear my music, this is a sort of like Christian therapeutic music. It's mostly scriptures. It's, it's, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, you can't take them too many ways. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so clearly, um, it's, it's an avenue for her to consider something, um, that, you know, even in her atheism, um, she's open to another interpretation of, of her experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question, sure. Steve. Um, now, because, you know, we've been talking all of this so far in the mm-hmm. context of art and the context of music. Um, mm-hmm. Now, our regular listeners, uh, most of our listeners are not going to be uh putting out music and that kind of thing. But I think, I think there's something here that should translate to all of us uh, oh, in our, in our place in the world. And, and could, can you talk to that just a little bit? So uh, what, what part of this do you think uh, uh, we could all learn from? Well, I think, you know what, I, there's a couple things here, and that is, I remember one time when I was younger and I was trying to come up with a mission statement for Steve Bell. What's Steve Bell about? And I asked a couple of older people, how do you come to those kinds of um, phrases and, and those kinds of understandings? And this one guy just said simply this. He said, Steve, he says, your gifts are how God loves the world through you. Um, and you're not there necessarily there to dominate, to change, or anything. That you are to open up your vein and let the blood flow and let that let that you know water the earth and and, and be good news to other people. And so uh, that I didn't need to make something happen. I was just only to share my gifts as integrally and as beautifully as I can. So that was really freeing for me. Um, but the other thing is, if you go back and you look at the Old Testament in, in our creation story about. Um, how human beings were created in the image of God and given dominion over the earth. And we've taken that word dominion to mean sort of in a sense power, like a king has power. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of uh, like, uh, you know, oppressive or exploitative or dominant. Um, and that's really not what the Hebrew, if you look at the scriptures and if you, if you talk to scholars, that word doesn't really mean that kind of power. It's more like the power that a gardener has to, to make things grow well. Um, mm. It's about flourishing the other. It's not about having dim- not having power over, um, mm. but power for. Um, and and I and increasingly, and especially, I, I watch the polarizations that are happening in our society right now, and how people are it, it, it really, in a sense, att- who's who's going to have power over who? This is really what the debate is right now mm. out there. Who's mm. going to have power over who? And we're not given permission to have power over other people. We're given power. To flourish other people <laughs> it's a very uh, different um, and that's the power of Christ that's the power of God 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 God's very self God himself doesn't um, exercise um, um, dominance over others God in Christ God emptied himself um, and gave himself for the flourishing of the other it's who God is that's the power of God and so that doesn't mean that you know that there isn't a time to to talk about our faith in very clear terms and invite people to Christ and of course we do all that kind of stuff but it's all in the context of we're gardeners we're not overlords and I think the the minute the church thinks it should have an overlord position in society 
quite literally, I'll get in trouble for this, it ceases to be the church of Christ. Yeah, preach it. Amen. And, and, and that, you know, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say anything more than that, but I th- and I think we're seeing that a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate it. Steve, you have a song that kind of goes along with this because it talks about gifts. And uh, I love this song when I heard it the other day because we in our catch are learning a lot about spiritual gifts. And uh, our, our uh, you know, our audio over the phone is going to be a little wanting, but you you were willing to uh, share a song with us. Um, could you do that? And uh, uh, I'm happy to. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe mm-hmm. tell us a little about it. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to. Yeah, sure. Um, this is a song. It's called Kindness, and the lyrics um, are from a prayer of Saint Teresa of Avila, who's I think 14th century um, um, saint. Um, so it's from her prayer, and it's. Um, I mean, the lyric is, Christ has no body here but ours, no hands, no feet on earth but ours. Ours are the eyes through which he works on this world with kindness. And it's a, it's a powerful song. The word kindness really moves me because we typically think of the word kindness as like niceness. It's another way of saying being nice, to be kind. But the root of the word kind is kin. Um, and to be kind to the other is to understand your profound kinship with the other. Um, when my son, who's all grown up, comes over for supper, um, I don't open, the, you know, my, you know, I don't put down a table, uh, a plate for him, and allow him to eat because I'm nice. My boy, he's my kin. Of course he can eat at my table. Of course he can borrow my car. If he needs help, of course I'm going to give him help. He's my boy. He's my kin. And. I, I suspect when the when the spirit comes in power, and when you see this in history, we have great revivals. When you see is people understanding this deep kinship and love flowing, and, and in the end, it's a foretaste of the kingdom. So, um, here's the song. Christ has no body. Here but ours, no hands, no feet here, on earth but ours, are the eyes through which he works, on this world kindness, ours are the hands through which he works, ours are the feet on which he This world. 
Beautifully. Uh, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm just so glad the way that uh, the way that ties in so well with what we're talking about. And and boy, what what we as Christians need to bring to the world so desperately right now. Mm -hmm. Because, Yeah. uh, yeah, the world doesn't think of us this way. No, and 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 that's and, and that's just such a profound and deep shame. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know what has poisoned us, but something has poisoned us. There's no question. Yeah. Um, and and there needs to be some sort of a detox so that we can sort of flourish again as as you know members of the body of Christ and and go out there into the world as Christ uh, did, mm-hmm. which you yeah. notice wasn't. You know, taking up huge political positions and dominating people. In fact, it was it was it was dying for folks, dying for yeah. folks that didn't love him, <laughs> dying, dying for folks that didn't agree with his theology, dying for folks um, who uh, didn't appreciate the lifestyle he he proposed or value systems that he proposed. He died for those people not after they believed in him, but before. Um, and we got to remember that. Mm, mm, mm. Beautiful. Well, Steve, uh, what have you got? You've got a new uh, new project coming out, or, or a new new CD? Is that right? Or tell us yeah. about it. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's all recorded since the COVID shutdown. Um, uh, the songs were written before, but all of a sudden I had some time in my hands, so uh, I finished recording an album. It's called "Wouldn't You Love to Know." Um, the title track is uh, riffing off of a uh, N.T. Wright sermon where he. He discusses epistemology. How do we how do we know how do we know things? And, um, as a theologian, he said that love precedes knowledge. That we only truly know what we first love, and we can't truly know what we don't love. Um, and so, um, and then he asked this question, this pithy little funny question. He says, "So if that's true, then wouldn't you love to know?" And so that's where that song comes from, and the album kind of flows from there. Um, it'll be out in about a month. And I wrote um, a 150-page book of reflections to go along with it. So if people want to dig into that, they can. And where where do we find this? Um, I mean, it'll be on if, if you want if you just want to listen, it'll be on all the digital Spotify's and Apple Music and all that kind of stuff. But if you want the hard copy or the book, go to stevebell.com. Stevebell.com. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. And that should be, I mean, we're hoping, we just sent it off, so we're hoping it'll be available at the end of October, early November. Steve, was any of that sy- symphonic stuff recorded? Yeah, I have a whole, it's, I have an, an album called The Symphony Sessions. So there's a whole, wow. yeah, there's a whole album out there. And there's also um, a feature length um, concert DVD um, with the Edmonton Symphony um, that's beautifully shot. Um, so the other thing people can do is I've got I just oh boy yeah I just opened up an online media channel for all these documentaries and films I've done over the years, um, and and those videos with me with the symphony and stuff will will be going up in the next month or so as well. So you can find that at my site at stevebell.com. Oh, that's fascinating. I'm I'm really interested in that. Uh, great, great. Well, Steve, this has been a real pleasure. 
thank you so oh, much. Me too. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, and perhaps we'll uh, get a chance to meet sometime. And, Boy, uh, would that be nice, eh? I'd, I'd sure like to be able to get out and be with people again. I mean, I'm glad the technology allows us to connect, but it doesn't it doesn't replace being in the same room, does it? Uh, no, it sure doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No. But, uh, yeah, this will this too will pass. We yes, we just, absolutely. Uh, so. Okay, my friend. Well, thank you again so much, and uh, you've enriched our lives, and and I wish you well. Thank you. You too. God bless you. Okay, Steve. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, That was cool. That worked okay? How was that? Did you like that, everybody? Yeah. That was awesome. Okay, so listen, uh, next week, well, we've got another guest next week. We're piling them up. We've got Charlie Peacock. We have uh, Margaret Pepper. Oz Guinness is on the line now. He's coming back. That'll be like a third or fourth time. Our good buddy Oz. Boy, do we need to hear him right now. So, hang on. Get Tuesdays on your calendar. It's great. Okay, you guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening. And uh, remember, it's now a podcast. You can go back and hear it. If you missed anything, or here's the thing. It's all usually pretty good. You need to hear it again. So there you go. Why don't you, uh, why don't you try and do that? And, and then on top of that, tell your friends about it. And uh, get them to listen too. Okay? God bless you all. Have a good week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.